We could talk about Lauren's dreams. Uh-oh. Do we really want to do dreams. that? Yep. What are my dreams? Oh, I got or something. I got something. Okay. I got me on the spot. I, I got something. All right. Uh, good. I'm ready. We'll do We can do that after. Are we going to talk about a destroyer again? Oh, no. But that was a great dream. Here we go. I listened to that episode. I was like, Lauren, can you get off the destroyer? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I've heard it now. You were kind of bringing it back in. You were quite proud of yourself. It was cute. It was cute. So we found out a lot about you in that episode. Yeah, I know. It was unusually transparent, wasn't yeah. it? Everybody else out there is like, what am I supposed to learn from this? <laughs> You're in Looney Tunes? Well. All right, let's do it. Let's make dreams come true. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Today, we are doing some dreaming, retirement dreaming. It's really fun because no dream is too big or too small. You get to dream the dreams, and the job of your retirement planner is to help you make those dreams come true. Today, we're going to talk about the process of developing a lifestyle plan and how that, that lifestyle plan can drive many of the other aspects of your retirement. I'm Molly Nelson. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She produces the podcast, and then with us, Lauren Merkel, Certified Financial Fiduciary and Certified Financial Planner. Rochelle, your retirement dream, what does it look like? I don't want to talk about my retirement dream. Uh, I want to talk about Lauren's dream that he recently had come true. Oh, I'm interested. First of all, this is a deflection. (laughs) Yes, true classic deflection. We should be talking about your retirement dream. No, we're going to talk about a dream that you recently completed. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm waiting. Pins and needles. Go ahead, Rochelle. What? You, you have to tell it. I have no idea. You, you finished it yesterday. What did you do yesterday? Oh. oh. <laughs> you mean I had my final inspection. Is that exactly. what you're talking about? Yes. yes. All right. So the reason, the reason I didn't know what you're talking about, because in my mind, it's still not done. Oh. But when I had the initial inspection, the guy said, you know, Make sure you call me back so I can do the final inspection. It doesn't have to be all neat and pretty. It just has the main components have to be done, right? The electrical, the outlets have to be in that kind Let's of Let's talk about what kind of inspection. Okay, yeah, you're, you're talking about your home here. I just want to set this yes. up for the listeners. Yes. Lauren has been working on his home project for a lifetime. This is a lifetime <laughs> project. Now, he's not ready to retire just yet, but I thought he might not get this thing done until he retired. And I still may not. <laughs> <laughs> so you're close. But the final inspection you're closer. Yeah, so the city signed off on it. It's good. Uh, I still have some work to do, but we're, yeah, I feel a lot better about it. So you got your permit. Is that what the city comes in and says, yes, you did this all up to code? It's yeah. following the rules yeah, and plumbing's good, electrical's good. All the main uh, hazard issues that they're looking for have been completed well. Good. Mm-hmm. Cause you've breathed in dust for years. He's come <laughs> in looking like he just rolled in, I don't know, sawdust. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. You've insulation. Insulation was gone without water. You've, your daughter, I think, slept outside for a few months. <laughs> no, but if you talk to her, she probably did. No, her, her and I have been living in the basement for a long time. <laughs> And by the way, we're still kind of living in the basement. So now we're sleeping upstairs on the upstairs floor, but all the clothes and stuff are in the basement. So we're getting there, right? We're getting there. We still have the main floor, uh, working on her bathroom, finishing some bathroom projects. Then I got to go upstairs to my bathroom, finish those bathroom projects, and then we're good. And I do maintain the biggest problem with this is he's doing a lot of it himself. Yeah. Yep. But but, But this time, 
This time, I had a lot of contractors come and do work for me. So all the tile so you learned work, a little bit. All the tile work was done. All the electrical work was done. All the plumbing work was done. All of it by contractors. You so went to the professionals yes. near the end because you wanted the job done right. Well, I advocate so much when it comes to retirement planning is it's not a do-it-yourself type of ambition, right? It's not, it's not something, I mean, you can. And a lot of people do, uh, and then there's a lot of mistakes that take place. And as I've been working on my house, as you mentioned, for a lifetime, I have done a lot of it myself. Uh, let's take the downstairs bathroom as a prime example. I did all the tile, and now I go down there every day, and I'm like, why did I do that? I could have had somebody come in here, knock it out, take them way less time, <laughs> way less time than what it took me to do that. And I would actually be proud of it as opposed to me looking at every single thing that I made a mistake on that I had no idea what I was doing, but I just wanted to do it myself. And the professionals got it done right. And unlike your bathroom where you can get a couple of shots, you can take the tile back down. We do talk about retirement as you get one shot. You really only want to retire one time and using the help of a professional can really help you get it right. So we're talking about those retirement dreams. It's fun to dream about retirement. We do it here. We're a little ways off from retirement, but Lauren you, the amazing part of your job is you get to sit down every day with people, sit across from them, and you say, John and Sue, what does your retirement dream look like? And I bet it's so fun to hear people talk about what they want to do in retirement. The most rewarding part of what we do is we get to retire many times every single year, and we get to live this retirement with the families that we we work with. And it's, it's cool because we we build their retirement plan from scratch. And a lot of times people come to us and they have no real true idea what their retirement vision is. They just know at some point in the near future, five to 10 years, they do want to retire. But you know how life is. I mean, you're seven years out from retiring. You're focused on your, your career. You're focused on uh, maybe your uh, 20-something-year-old kids. Uh, you're focused on all these things. And retirement, you know, is coming, but you don't know exactly what you're going to do come Monday morning when you don't have to go to work. But then as you get closer, that that vision starts to get brighter and a lot more detailed and a lot more refined. And we take them through that entire process from conception to actually execution. And then when they finally do retire, uh, you know, I had a conversation just this week and they had their entire year planned out from a trip standpoint. They're going to Cabo. They're going to Panama. They're oh. already in Florida. Uh, they're going to St. Martin's, and there's one other I can't remember. I mean, that sounds the, great. Retire. Yeah. I, okay, you know what? I take take it back. I'm ready to retire now. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> build me a plan, would you please? Build a plan. You know, and he, what he referenced me is uh, yeah, anywhere with the beach. Oh, anywhere with the beach. Good that's, for them. That's where we're going, and they just love the sun and the beach. But that's them. That's them. That's their vision, and we had a, a part in helping them realize that vi vision, and that's very rewarding to us, and really keeps us going on a day to day basis as we work with a lot of families through. Uh, some of the obstacles that they have to uh, face as they approach retirement because they do only get one shot to get it right. There's many decisions that people make that are permanent decisions. When you take your Social Security, that's permanent. When you take your pension, that's permanent. When you when you decide that you want to do a Roth conversion, now that's permanent, right? All of these decisions are permanent. And if you make a mistake, there's no do-over. So we have to get it right. We have to get it right the first time. And that's the, the power, the benefit of that retirement plan. Okay, so the fun part, dreaming about retirement your retirement vision, what does it look like? We've been doing a little research on some of the more unconventional retirement dreams and found some fun things to talk about. And we hope by talking to you about these, they'll kind of spur your retirement vision, give you some things to think about. I think the one thing you know when you're going to retire is that you probably won't go to that job anymore. 
But I think for some people, they do say, how will I fill my days? Other people, I think, know exactly what retirement looks like. So let's talk about some fun retirement ideas. One that is gaining some traction is work amping. Now, it's not a real word. Work amping, it's, you know, the word work, and then they take it off of camping, you know, glamping, work amping. You following me here? Oh, that sounds kind of electrical. <laughs> That's the website that, that people use. And here's what work amping is. If you have an RV, which we know a lot of retirees want to travel the country in the RV, you can take your RV places, you can park it for free in exchange for work. So maybe you'll work at the park. You'll spend some time, whatever people do at parks, picking up trash, uh, working the grounds. Maybe you'll work at a nearby amusement park. I'm envisioning like Disney World or something. You park your (laughs) RV, you go work at Disney World. But the website talks about these partnerships. But just think, it's a great way to see the world and you get to park your RV for free. I have a personal experience with people who are work camping almost every single year because my family goes camping almost every single year. Most of the time we go up to uh, northern Michigan. And I can tell you uh, through my experience is that these people almost every single year, they are the friendliest people. They are extremely happy and they get up every day and they they do that. They uh, distribute wood. They clean the bathrooms to make sure everybody in the park is is doing well. Um, they're always willing to talk. Very friendly, very sociable, and they're just having the time of their life. And I'll talk to them about what it is that they do. Right? What What do they do during the winter time? What do they do in the summertime? And uh, without exception, they're at a different park at least every couple years. And I can't remember uh, the last time that I went back to this park and I saw the same same people. So almost every single year some of them almost every couple years they go to a different part of the country and they do the same thing work camping so they'll go to these parks and they'll uh, park their rv and they'll work the park for the summer and then they'll move on to something different and it's it's quite the lifestyle they love it typically they'll do it for about five years or so uh, and then they'll settle down into something a little bit more permanent but what a way to see the country and make some money at the same time instead of an rv a lot of retirees are seeing the country behind an 18-wheeler. So truck driving really taking off with retirees. Great way to see the country. You can take your spouse along. And of course, employers love it because these experienced drivers are reliable. Uh, The industry, some of the people are quoted as saying they're not as hard on the trucks as maybe some of the drivers. And they've just got a lot of work-life experience that they bring to the industry. Yeah, you can take your spouse, you can take your pet a lot of times. I mean, these RVs, these 18-wheelers, they're they're like a motorhome. I mean, they have that big cab. A lot of times they have refrigerators, a bed. Um, so what a relaxing way maybe for your spouse to see the country, right, travel, and you get to stop from time to time. And the thing is, is if you're doing that as an occupation, then you're probably working a little bit harder than if you're doing it as a side occupation in retirement where you can take a take a load. And then you can stop for a couple of days and see see the destination that you're at. And then you can pick up another load and go wherever that load is going to take you. And you can just bounce around the country at your leisure and still make really good money. Because these, these 18-wheeler drivers, they make some really good money. And if they can work at their discretion, what a great way to, to uh, see the country and make some real good money along the way. A lot of people, of course, see retirement as an investment in bettering yourself and some pursue additional education, maybe even pursue additional degrees. I found an article that was really neat. We will link this one in our show notes 
Some 80 universities now have partnerships with senior living communities. A lot of times what they do, because these universities, one thing they do have is a lot of land, they'll lease them to senior living communities and they'll build them right on site. And then they develop partnerships where those living in the senior living communities can take certain classes that are geared right at the demographic. And it's just a really neat setup and not something I'd heard about. That's probably what you want to do, Molly, right? When you retire, you want to go off and get your PhD? Um, <laughs> I've always thought about pursuing more education. So I that is something I really could see myself doing. It, it's more, more, more and more common, I think, really for a lot of reasons. One is that people are living longer. So when you retire at 60, 65, you realize there's a long road ahead, potentially. Um, the information is at our fingers tips a lot it's a lot more accessible now uh and people are realizing that keeping the brain active in retirement is really important to increasing your longevity of retirement as well and maybe you do have an interest in a topic or uh, a couple topics and you just never had the time before so what a what a great way to create some structure around your retirement life uh what a great way to keep the brain active uh in and uh, have some fun engaging in something that you you are really passionate about. So I can understand why this is uh, an increasing phenomenon. And with so much competition, 80 universities, uh, and with senior discounts, a lot of them, what a, what a great way to do all of those things that you want to do and, and not have to pay a lot of money for it as well. Yeah, and the universities see it as a good way to engage alumni and also faculty members who are retiring, maybe you know shift them into the senior living community as well. Also with the hope that maybe a bequest will be coming towards the university after they develop this relationship. Almost definitely. Uh, and from a retiree standpoint, what a great social activity. You know, as you age, you see your social circles get smaller and smaller. So this is a way to get out there, get engaged in, in activities that like-minded people are engaging in, and you can increase your social circles as well. At Stanford, a 75-year-old was involved in some of the studies that the students were doing, and she was quoted as saying, I'm part of a study and I love it. So that's a neat article. We'll link it in our show notes. Lauren, do you find that people have retirement dreams? They want to travel. They want to buy a second home, but they've never really thought about how much it will cost. And part of the process is, is quantifying that and saying, yes, you can or no, you can't. Or what does it look like as you start thinking about actually having to fund some of these retirement dreams? Yeah, it very much is a process. And typically it starts with what that dream is, what their vision is, what kind of activities they do want to engage in. And then where we come into play is trying to figure out a way to afford it. How are they going to be able to afford these passions and the dreams that they have? And is it feasible? And if it's feasible, then the plan needs to be structured around how, how to allow them financially to do all these things they want to do early on in retirement and still have a high level of confidence that they're going to be able to afford the things later on in retirement that they're going to need, like potentially long-term care or increased health care expenses. So it, it's, uh, it's really a process. Uh, typically, ideally, it starts with what do you want to do? What do you want your retirement activities to look like? And then we work through the planning to determine here's how it's going to work. And we can give them a sense of confidence that it will work. Or if it doesn't look so good through the planning, we can say, here's some steps, here's some things we can change, here's some things we can introduce to your lifestyle, to your plan that will allow them to work a little bit better. 
And do you find that the dreams typically fit the resources? Do people not dream big enough? Do they dream too big? Or is it all over the place? It, it is all over the place, but I'd say it falls within two of those main categories that you just referenced most of the time. One is that the dreams fit the resources. For a lot of people, they've lived this lifestyle now for 10 years or so. They got a good idea of what it takes for them to, from, from a financial standpoint, for them to live the life that they want, even with now excess time on their hands and some of the other activities. They got a pretty good sense of it. Um, the other main category is they're being really conservative, meaning that they could afford a much bigger lifestyle, but because they've always been disciplined in their saving, it's hard for them to, to flip that switch and say, now it's okay for me to st start spending this million-dollar portfolio that they've accumulated. So I'd say those are the two main categories. Every once in a while, you do run into a family that uh, their expectations are unrealistic based on the resources that they have. Um, and that's a conversation that's necessary too. So all, all three of those categories, it's important to engage in the planning. And so if you're outside the realm of reality, you need to know that before the money's gone or is, it has been depleted to a point you can't return from that. Uh, or if you're being really conservative, uh, it's nice to know that too, because if you want to go on an extra trip or if you want to replace your vehicle, you can do that without the added pressure, without the added stress of thinking that you're going to run out of money when you're really not. We know that your retirement vision is unique to you. Maybe you do want to drive an 18-wheeler. Maybe you want to buy a second home. In order to think about how you'll live out your retirement vision, why not have a conversation directly with a retirement planner? Here's a great opportunity. Right now, you can go to MerkelPlan.com, that's M-E-R-K-L-E, Plan.com, and schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call. Right there on MerkelPlan.com, you'll see the calendar of the retirement planners here. You schedule your 15-minute checkup call, and you can talk about your retirement dreams. So back to retirement dreams, Lauren, some of the most common ones that you hear about are travel. And so we just want to talk about some of the things to consider if this is part of your retirement vision. And something that can trip people up sometimes, Lauren, is health insurance and Medicare. We are seeing an increased number of clients who are traveling, not only within the country, because people have been doing that for a long time. Uh, I've told the story when my, my grandpa retired, my grandma and grandpa retired, they they traveled around the country in a motorhome. They sold their house. They lived with one of their kids or had basically a mailing residence with one of their kids. And then they just traveled and traveled and traveled. But what we're seeing now, uh, and we have a number of families that are doing this themselves, is traveling outside of the country. And especially when it comes to a healthcare standpoint, if you plan on living outside the country or traveling extensively outside of the country, then we need to develop a healthcare plan that's a little bit more robust than what my grandma and grandpa had when they were traveling within the country. Medicare does not travel well outside the country. So if you're just going for a couple weeks or maybe a month, <laughs> Medicare, Medicare can work well. You'll probably still want some kind of supplemental coverage to depending upon the country you go to for that period of time. Um, but if you're going to live in another country or you're going to live in another country for a uh, extended time throughout the course of the year, you're going to want to investigate what kind of health care that country has for visitors, for travelers, or even residents of that country, uh, and make sure that the health care is appropriate for your time of stay. Make sure that you're familiar with what their health care is like. Uh, most of those health care, uh, most, most countries, their health care is a public health care 
a program. So what does that look like? How are you going to cover the cost? Uh, if you need to come back to the States for a procedure, what does that look like? How does your Medicare or your healthcare coverage work in that kind of way? So your healthcare plan needs to be focused on where you're going. And it also needs to be focused on a contingency plan of what happens if you need to come back to the States for, for a procedure as well. So you've worked with a lot of families, Lauren, that do travel uh, extensively outside of the United States. What are the tax implications people should be aware of? That's also different with each country. There is a reciprocal agreement with many countries with the United States. Um, and then there's some countries that are completely outside the realm of the United States, meaning that you could be taxed on income from the United States. You could be taxed from income from that particular country. So that is something also that you want to investigate depending upon what country you want to go. There are just like states here within the United States, there are some retirement tax friendly states. Uh, there are some retirement tax friendly countries investigate it, make sure you are aware of the nuances of that particular region or that particular country. And you're going to find the less amount of surprises like that you have in your retirement, the better off you're going to be. And what does that reciprocity mean? They just look at what I've made in total, no matter where I was living. And then I'm taxed based on, on that income. Yeah. It's basically a, an agreement where let's say you go to a country and most of your money, like most Americans money, uh, retirement money is, is saved up in a pre-tax IRA or pre-tax 401k plan. Okay. So that's money that the IRS allowed you to, the way they look at it, allowed you to save and never tax before. But all of a sudden you leave the country and you're taking that income in another country. That's revenue that they missed out on. So it's, it's potential that you could pay taxes in the United States, even though living outside another country, but you could also pay tax on that same income in that particular country. If there is an agreement, then that could lessen the amount of tax that you pay on that income. If there's not an agreement, you could be taxed on that income from both countries. Definitely something worth figuring out because it all impacts your spendable income. If you have a, a million dollar IRA that's never been taxed and you owe tax in the U.S. as well as in that particular country, well, now that million dollars is not a million dollars, but how much is it? Is it 700000 after tax? Is it 800000 What amount do you actually get to spend and what amount goes to the taxing authorities? We are recording this podcast from the middle part of the United States right here in Iowa. We just got what, guys? Three inches of snow yesterday? Two inches of snow? Maybe way up north in Fort Dodge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We up north where I live, I, we shoveled. I, I sent the boys outside to shovel. Nice work. You were probably just trying to get them outside. <laughs> oh, it was a snow. It was a snow day. Let's put it that. That's that's another story. Meanwhile, my in-laws, they're down in Texas. They FaceTime. They've got their swimming suits on, the cover-ups. We'll be going to the pool here in a little bit, and we are literally wearing snow boots. So, like my in-laws, many people in this part of the country say, when I retire, we are spending winters somewhere warm. Lauren, you see it all the time. You've helped people achieve this dream. What have you learned? Well, what we've learned is much like some of the topics that we talked about here on this podcast is it could be a little bit different for everybody. It could be a little bit different based on the region you want to go. What's your appetite for ownership? Do you, so take your in-laws. Do you want to own a piece of property in Texas and here in Fort Dodge? Uh, do you want to rent three months out of the year in Texas and alleviate a lot of the ownership concerns, tax burdens, that kind of the maintenance stuff. Uh, but then you're, you're paying rent for three months. So, so it's, it's different for everybody dependent upon your resources, how much time you're going to spend in these different locales, uh, and how much you're going to be back, uh, in Iowa or whatever your state of origin is. Taxes 
taxes are also something to think about too because you have to claim a primary residence in one of the locations yeah you need a primary residence most of the time so where is the primary residence going to be it's going to be based on where you qualify to claim a primary residence uh, in each state it's going to have a little bit different tax burden or tax consequence depending upon the type of resources that you have where you're delivering your income from um, but also uh, how much time you're spending in those states as well. So some states, even if you're not a resident, but you spend a certain amount of time, uh, you could be taxed in those states as well as the state of origin. A story that comes to mind is a family that we work with, and they really started plan planning well in advance uh, of their retirement. It was probably about seven years ago uh, or so. They bought a property in St. Croix, and they like to travel, and they like to travel outside the country, especially to nice, warm, tropical regions like St. Croix. Sounds good. I'm in. I'm in. So they would use it. They, they would use it a couple times a year. But then they had VBRO it out. Oh, it out. They, <laughs> they he made would, that a verb. They'd rent it out. Yeah, so they'd use VRBO and some of these other sites, and they would produce income off it, really nice income. They were telling me about how uh, recently they had an NBA uh, player rented out. Uh, nice. well, actually, it was even better than that. He had booked it in, in, I think, two weeks, booked it for two weeks, ended up not being able to come, and forfeited the, the, the rent payments and wow. so they were able to rent it out to somebody else, basically double payment over the time. So anyway. They probably need me to rent it out for a couple of weeks. During that time. Yeah. yeah. I could just to fill it for them. So right. they won't need me to actually like pay the rent. Right. But just, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll just keep Take an eye on the, the property. property. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll talk well, to them we, about yeah, that. Yeah. We, we should work with them on that one. But, but from, from a financial standpoint, it's worked out really well. But now they're retired. And so now they have a lot more time that they can spend in that property. So they are now selling some of the additional properties, the real estate properties that ha had here in Iowa. So it kind of offset that maintenance burden and just the time consumption burden of those other real estate properties. So now they can spend more time at this property that they own in St. Croix that they've had for quite a while. They, they're familiar with that region. They love it out there. And they can still rent it out when they're when they don't want to be there. Produce income in retirement, which is always a coveted thing, um, and they get to really enjoy a, a home that they've planned on enjoying for about seven years now, and and now they get to realize those dreams. It's it's fun to see people go through the different phases of pre-retirement to retirement, whether it's uh, moving to a different location, enjoying a, a a property that they've had for some time, planning on it. We don't have any families doing the eighteen wheeler thing, but you never know it could happen. Okay, so it's been fun to talk about the dreams. I think we have a good sense of things, some things you can be thinking about, some considerations, depending on what your dream is. But Lauren, it does come down to more than just how I want to spend my days. And you alluded to it. There's the go-go years. We think about retirement in three phases, the go-go years. We're kind of talking about the go-go years right now. Then there's the slow-go years. You slow down a little. You, your health may be good, maybe starting to get a little bit of a deterioration. Then there's the no-go years. That's when the long-term care aspect can really kick in at a high rate. So yes, it's fun to dream, but I'm also sitting here thinking, don't I have to keep some money in some kind of a safety net? Cause I'm not going to probably live in St. Croix until the day I die. Yes. It, uh, the retirement years are not that much different from that standpoint than your work, working years where you need to have some money in a safety net for the what ifs, right? It needs to be guaranteed. It needs to be uh, liquid. It needs to be easily accessible for any of the things that happen in life. We just cannot plan for, we cannot predict and that's going to help smooth out the ups and downs of your retirement, just like it did when you were in the accumulation years. 
It's been really fun to talk about retirement vision. I know I've been inspired by some of the things I've heard here today. Got to figure out how to get myself a place down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. We know that your retirement vision is unique to you. Go to MerkelPlan.com right now and you can get on the calendar of the advisors here at Merkel Retirement Planning and talk about your retirement vision. But we know that vision is just one piece of the retirement puzzle. There's investments, there's legacy planning, there's healthcare, there's social security. Whatever's on your mind is what you can talk to our retirement planners about. That's MerkelPlan.com to schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call today. We'll continue talking about all those aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. What do you guys think? Do you want to wrap or do you want to go in? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's wrap. It's fine. We're fine. It's just. Is unless, there more? <laughs> unless Lauren would love to talk more about <laughs> clients <laughs> driving 18 wheelers. Because <laughs> I would really like to hear more. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> Ra- I'm wrapping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. <laughs>